Hello, this is Rachel Ford, a research and advocacy intern here at GNWP. Welcome to GNWP Talks 1325. Today we will be talking to GNWP's international coordinator, Mavic Cabrera-Beleza, about the Global Acceleration Instrument. Welcome, Mavic. Our first question is, could you explain the goals and methods of the GAI and what makes this tool a powerful resource? Thank you for this conversation, Rachel, and hello to all the listeners of GNWP's Talk 1325. The Global Acceleration Instrument is a pooled funding mechanism that promotes the coordinated response to women, peace, and security issues, as well as humanitarian emergencies. What do I mean by a pooled funding mechanism? It's a fund that donors uh, from different countries, right now there's uh, Spain, Ireland, Australia, and the UK, and Lithuania recently, all contributing different amounts to the fund. But we're also hoping um, foundations, uh, family foundations, personal foundations, even corporate foundations would also contribute to the fund. And even some civil society uh, are encouraged to contribute to the fund. So that's, that's the spirit about the pooled funding mechanism coming from different sources, but all geared to one agenda. Women, peace and security and humanitarian action. The specific objectives of the Global Acceleration Instrument is to break the silos, break the divisions between humanitarian emergencies and peace and security. As we know, for example, there is a humanitarian emergency in Syria or in South Sudan. What are the root causes of those humanitarian emergencies? It's lack of security. It's uh, a situation where the thinking or the dominant thinking is about military solution or military response to the conflict and not peaceful solutions, not bringing people together. So that's one, breaking the silos between humanitarian emergencies and peace and security. The second objective of the Global Acceleration Instrument or GAI is to address structural funding gaps for women's participation, uh, specifically in improving response, predictability, and flexibility of international assistance directly going to local women's organizations. There, is some there are some statistics to this. For example, the uh, Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, which is actually a group of, of big donor countries, commissioned a research and found out that of the total funds that go to fragile countries, support uh, countries emerging out of conflict, out of the total, I I'm sorry, I should have come with, with figures here, but we're talking billions of dollars here. Out of the total, less than 2% have gender equality or women's component, meaning there's effort to support 
response to fragile countries, but they never integrate women in their response. So that's this, uh, the other um, objective, to address the structural funding gaps. And then the third objective is to improve policy coherence and coordination by bringing together different actors, uh, including multilateral and bilateral agencies, national ministries of women, and local civil society organizations. So, to summarize, the three objectives of the uh, GAI is to break the silos in humanitarian, peace and security, and development response, addressing structural funding gaps, specifically for women's participation in humanitarian emergency and peace and security, and improving policy coherence and coordination. Wonderful, thank you so much. What are the priority countries for the GAI? There are uh, 21 priority countries for the GAI for 2016. Some of them are Afghanistan, Burundi, Central African Republic, Colombia, Democratic Republic of Congo, Iraq, Solomon Islands, uh, Syria, Turkey, Uganda, Ukraine, and Yemen. But there are out of these 21, for this first year of the GAI, there are four priority countries. Those are Burundi, Colombia, Jordan, and uh, Solomon Islands. Wonderful. And so you mentioned before how civil society would ideally be able to contribute to the funding for GAI. What is the role of civil society organizations and specifically women civil society organizations in the implementation of the GAI? For the Global Network of Women Peace Builders, the primary motivation for advocating for the establishment of the GAI, and by the way, we've worked on this for the last five years, is to have direct access for civil society to these funds, especially women's organizations that are working directly in local communities affected by conflict. So that's one of our motivation, direct access to these funds by women's organizations. The second uh, motivation for us is to have a say in decision-making over the funds, in raising the funds, meaning in resource mobilization, but also in decision-making on how these funds should be used and should be managed. Um, one of the challenges with, with funding generally is the lack of transparency. And when you're not part of the decision-making, you don't know, you don't have access to the information. But more than access, we want to put in place a system so that even those women's organizations who are not part of the board of the GAI, not part of the national steering committees of the GAI, will know how this money is being raised and will know how this money is being spent. What would you say is GNWP's role specifically in advocating and implementing the GAI in the context, the greater context of women CSOs? We started the advocacy for 
predictable, flexible, and quality funding for women's organizations working on women, peace, and security issues back in 2010. So our general assumption was that there's not enough resources, and we see it all the time. Women's organizations struggling to be able to carry out their innovative, uh, very uh, practical, participatory, inclusive programs, but they don't have resources. They don't have money. Uh, and they sometimes they may be able to raise $50,000 to implement the project for one year, and then it's gone. So there's no sustainability. So having that assumption, we decided we'll conduct research. We, it cannot just be, you know, some of these examples that we come across here and there, anecdotal uh, examples and experiences. So we conducted the research on where is the money for the implementation specifically of Resolution 1325. And then we carried out the research for three years, in fact, two phases and we released it and true enough, our assumptions were validated that there weren't enough resources. And even if there are, the few times that there are, it's very little and it's project-based. And we're saying peace is not a project. Peace is a way of life. Peace should be part of our global culture. Peace is part of our lifestyle. So you cannot treat it with a project. You cannot have a project that is implemented one year and then next year you don't know whether you'll be able to do it again. So it was validated that the lack of uh, predictability, the lack of flexibility, it's a donor's ideas defining what the priorities should be and uh, also flexibility on, on who gets the fund. Uh, many of us here, I'm sure, uh, many of our listeners uh, have experiences in, in fundraising. It is so difficult. You uh, accomplish a template that is so complicated, uh, apart from information about the organization, annual reports from the last three years, audited financial reports from the last three years, uh, organizational structures, statutes, bylaws, registration. E there is a log frame uh, that is very hard to, uh, to, um, to fill out. No grassroots organizations will be able to do this. So that is what we mean by flexibility too. It's flexibility on the part of the donors in working with different types, different sizes of organizations. And going back to my point about projectizing peace, part of this funding should go to strengthening the organizations because before they can submit the last three annual reports, the last three audited financial statements, you have to have a certain mechanism, certain structure in an organization to be able to do that. And you have grassroots organizations who barely have 
you know, computers that are properly functioning and, and they're operating in environments where electricity is only running 10 hours a day or eight hours a day uh, and forget about internet connection. And, and, and all of this information about funding, 99% of it is only available online. So if you don't have that, then you're not part of the landscape that the donors are looking at. And as you mentioned throughout this conversation, there are so many challenges, a lack of transparency, a lack of resources. What are the major challenges involved in implementing the GAI and as you described, creating sustainable peace? Right now, the GAI only has about uh, 7 million. And we're looking at uh, 21 countries. And just to put that into context, we have 7 million. One national action plan budget ranges from 1 million to 25 million. For example, uh, Sierra Leone's national action plan had a budget of 21 million. And we only have 7 million total in the GAI. And, and we have 21 country priorities. So we can't even look at fully funding one national action plan from a conflict-affected country. Uh, so that's the lack of resources is uh, unbelievable. But we know that every single day, I don't have the actual statistics right now, uh, how militaries of the world, how much militaries of the world are spending trillions each day. So it, it's, it's the equation it's just so uh, distorted in terms of uh, priorities of governments. The priority is on military solutions. The priority is on intervention when there is already a crisis instead of prevention before a crisis erupts. So that's the bigger picture that um, brings us down to um, the challenges of the GAI, the lack of resources. So we are marking the 16th anniversary of uh, Resolution 1325 this year, a groundbreaking resolution that um, looks at the specific impact of wars on women. And we have just actually sent by we, I'm referring to the GAI funding board, a letter of appeal to all member states of the UN to contribute to the GAI. Thank you very much, Mavic, for your time and for informing us about the GAI today. And thank you to all of the listeners of GNWP Talks 1325. Please tune in next time.